0: Welcome Welcome to to the Amsterdam Amsterdam Outcast Outcast Podcast with Simona
1: and Jonathan.
0: So this is actually our very fast podcast and today we're going to be the very innovative thing of actually interviewing each other.
1: Welcome, everyone. This is what happens when you're ill together at home for five days.
0: With nothing else to do but work and each other.
1: (laughs) So, yeah, uh, since we're interviewing each other, this is a new uh, format of podcast. It's a cross-interview. I would like to ask you, Jonathan, to tell me how did you get to Amsterdam?
0: Well, I originally came to the Netherlands to study electrical engineering And after a couple of years of that, realized that I don't really like numbers. So, kind of discovered this really hipster thing of the startup scene, which one way or another led me to Amsterdam. And um, I've now been here for three years, and uh, I ended up actually moving in with you. Yeah. Um, That happened.
1: (laughs) (laughs) In the season one of our relationship, as I call it, which was three years ago.
0: Yeah. And uh, ever since then I've been here, and so have you. So, you know, what was the reason that brought you to Amsterdam?
1: I came to the Netherlands to study linguistics, uh, to finish my master's studies in linguistics in Leiden University. And uh, I was in a very uh, big need of finances, to finance my studies, so I was looking for a job. Then I got a job in a cheese store in Amsterdam, so I kept on traveling between Leiden and Amsterdam for about a year and a half to sell gouda in Amsterdam, and then to write my master thesis in Leiden, and eventually decided to move to Amsterdam. Mm -hmm. And then I got a job at Uprice Festival, where eventually we two met.
0: Yeah and we met and this was a very memorable experience for me because I don't think I had ever met a girl before that was running Ubuntu on a Sony Viro laptop that looked like she'd stolen it from the polar ice cap and I think this was one of the very first experiences I have of meeting Simona. Yeah little did I know that a couple of months later she would convince me to stop studying in Amsterdam <laughs> and convince me to live with her so I could go and work on a private jet startup.
1: Exactly. But before that, you actually told me that I have to get a proper computer because you're not going to date a girl with such an old laptop.
0: Yeah. Well, we got there at some point. You're now sitting in front of me with a MacBook Pro, so I'm very happy with that.
1: Upgrade. Yeah. All right. Um, in the cross-interview uh, setup, I'll ask you the second question now. And i like to know... Through this ups and downs of meeting me and then eventually breaking up with me uh, and then getting back to me, back, back with me again. <laughs> what are you actually doing right now?
0: Well, when we first met, we were organizing events, uh, larger events for 2,000 people and the startup scene. Then, as I mentioned, did the private jets and from there did financial consultancy. Um, I took one holiday to Japan. And from there, ended up working for a data company. And now I have my own data company that tracks blockchain projects. So we look at the ecosystem and track what happens.
1: In fact, you only today made it to a newspaper. Do you want to tell us something and about that?
0: Yeah, we were featured in a magazine today where we wrote a small, wrote a small article on the development of the blockchain ecosystem. Where we made a small infographic to go into that. So we were super happy with that because... Even though the market is in a very long bear trend now, since the beginning of the year, we're optimistic that the technology is going to continue to evolve. But enough about blockchain and the hype word, I want to hear what you've been up to.
1: Ooh. Um, I've been trying to put uh, my put my pitch together about what I'm doing, but I guess the easiest way to put this will be, if you need anything, I'll get it to you. So if you need your Secret agent from the future, right now, call me. (laughs) I have it all.
0: So, Simona constantly has a little bit of trouble of how best to explain herself to people. So, I will take the liberty of doing it for her. Whether she likes that or not, I'm getting a couple of evil looks. But that's where Simona is the type of person, at least here in Amsterdam, where if you need anything from a dinner to a conference of 2,000 people, Simona is the kind of the boots on the ground who can make that happen and make sure that you get the most exclusive people with the most exclusive venues, or basically whenever you need. And uh, you've done some pretty cool stuff, I won't go name dropping, but let's just say that Simona has organised stuff for some of the literally most famous people in the world.
1: Yeah, uh, recently, especially this year, was quite a, quite a crazy ride. So uh, at the beginning of the year, we had the um, interactive augmented reality installation with Brian Eno, which was a really nice experience. So who is Brian Eno? Brian Eno is a very well-renowned music producer, and he produced albums such as U2 or even David Bowie.
0: Okay, thanks. Nice. He's been
1: also composing a lot of his own music. He's one of those guys that I'd say has been famous for over 40 years now, so very yeah, very, uh, very well known in the music scene, and um, I personally look up to him a lot because of his approach to uh, music and life in general, in
0: mm-hmm. terms of
1: the slowness, and he's really against the whole quick, quick, scale, scale st- style that we are experiencing in the startup scene, he's very much about, you sow the seeds, and then you wait for a long time until you have a full garden of flowers, and that's kind of the approach that I'm very excited about. So yeah, then we had um, a very unexpected, impromptu concert out of nowhere from Nick Mulvey in Amsterdam recently, so that was a really nice experience. Nick is uh, doing these kind of hashtag meet me there posts that he started some time ago where he unannounced just posts on his social media. Hashtag meet me there, and he just puts in a place and a time, no more information, sometimes some funky photo or something to come come along with it. And so I, uh, together with a couple of friends, had the opportunity to organize the concert for him, and that was really nice.
0: Cool. Cool. Yeah. And also there have been lots of boat trips this year. Oh, yeah. Improved boat trips.
1: Yeah, there's a lot lot of boat trips this year because of the, thanks for the, I mean, maybe sounds a bit stupid but thanks to global warming we've had a very warm (laughs) summer in Amsterdam which is it's uh, been great which was great for all the boat business so yeah drinks on a boat dinner boat, eagle in a boat
0: so if you're ever in Amsterdam make sure you come in the summer and you know someone who gets in the boat you can always (laughs) give us a call (coughs) so that's kind of you know a little bit about where we've come from and, and where we are now
1: yeah i things. want I want a number from you Johnny because my number is not so interesting but your number is definitely interesting in terms of uh uh from the top of your head do you, can you tell me how many flats you lived in or rooms and places you lived in Amsterdam in I think short in the last
0: time? I think in the last three years it's been at least i think seven <laughs> something ridiculous I think I used to move using ubers so you know those uber vans yeah I think the first time you kicked me out. <laughs> i think that's where i literally did move right. with an uber so you, you order that? an uber you give them a call and ask them are you okay with me giving you a small tip and you help me carry my stuff and the my
1: girlfriend just kicked, kicked me, me out
0: <laughs> and the answer tends to be yes and, and that's okay um <laughs> so yeah maybe one day i can afford a van but mm. uh until then i only recently purchased furniture again so i'm very happy with that mm. i also bought the tv Oh. But my first, first 4K television, curved Samsung. Spent my Bitcoin on that from mm-hmm. uh, June 2017, which is a very bad time to sell. But you live and you learn.
1: hmm I remember other times of uh, spending Bitcoins on rather different stuff than curved mm, TVs. TVs. Yeah, that was, was more, sushi. More, more sushi and socks.
0: We used to buy sushi in 2014 with Bitcoin through Thijsbizorg because you could actually not order in the Netherlands for a long time now. And that's where we were so poor with actual real money (laughs) that when we wanted to treat ourselves, we would use Bitcoin to buy sushi. That is officially now the most expensive sushi I will ever buy. (laughs) And I always say it wasn't even the best sushi that I've ever had.
1: Well, life happens, Johnny. Indeed we're going to move on to the next question now because I'm not going to listen about how much my sushi costs. It's like 340 years or something. So that hurts still now. Um, what is your biggest challenge right now?
0: Right now? Yes. Um, like right
1: now.
0: Right now we've been going through a long and laborious fundraising cycle with the company, which I am very hope is going to be ending very soon. And and I think right now my biggest challenge is it's kind of maybe a very general one actually, but everyone's on holiday in August, <laughs> and it slows down the work process to a snail's pace, and it's so infuriating that sometimes you just want to punch through people through their emails. I'm not directing this to anyone particular if you're listening. I'm just in general things take a very very long time. Yeah. And um, also I think you know uh, another big challenge is also working with friends. And finally having my own company Uh, I used to walk around two years ago having worked for a couple of startups very happy that I had experience where things had gone wrong and I thought I was ready to have my own company and to have co-founders but in reality nothing prepares you for the experience that is having and owning your own company making sure that everything is in place because at the end of the day you have no one else to look up to other than yourself and your direct peers and it's not so much of a challenge, it's it's maybe a little bit intimidating, and I hope we're going to get over it. Um, but, yeah, we'll
1: see. That's the challenge.
0: That is the challenge Being
1: indeed. a CEO yeah. is the challenge.
0: Yeah. yeah I All was right. going to use a swear word, but I thought against it. So I'm going to ask you the question. What's your biggest challenge right now?
1: Um. There's a bunch, but I would say... Uh, Currently, I'm breaking my brains on the sustainability and how can we make events more sustainable. I'm uh, having a bit of uh, guilt feelings in terms of the amount of conferences and events and parties and dinners that happen that aren't sustainable, or they probably bring some value in terms of content and connections, but create a whole lot of crap in terms of plastic and other stuff that's just being thrown away, and it really breaks my heart to see that, because I am most of the time in the backstage, and I do see what comes in and what ends in the trash cans, and it is really heartbreaking to see what people throw away. Mm. I'm kind of well-known for being an absolute roll-up banner hater, so if you want to bring your roll-up banner to my conference, then don't don't try not to let me see that (laughs) because I get aggressive. But so really yeah, like in general, it. it's just the, you know, the amount of flyers that get printed. It's it's really it's really just sad to see how people don't think further than today in that mm. sense in creating.
0: Well, it's a problem in life in general, I think.
1: Yeah, sure. I mean, from the business perspective, it's the events. And then also, personally, it's when I look at the, the amount of cosmetics we have and the toothpaste and the fact that all those containers aren't refillable, so you just keep on throwing it away. Mm. It's a bit of a heartbreaker for me right now. So, yeah, and um, yeah, I can go on, but it's also the same with the badges, for example. You can, you just have so many badges at so many conferences. So, I started yeah. this mini <laughs> mini initiative called Bring Your Own Badge. But then I need to do a better award, <laughs> work at spreading this.
0: Well, the work starts today.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: It would be great if all everyone world. was issued one badge. That they could take to all the conferences, instead of conferences just constantly giving you another badge time and yeah. time again. Because it's just a complete utter waste, and everyone has them at home.
1: Exactly. Um, so that's something I'm kind of looking into.
0: Yeah, the one big question about sustainability, and you know how how it's all moving forward, and that's why there's more and more research coming out now that. Especially, let's say, these, these tote bags, or however you call them. Mm. These bags, that they actually take up more resources than, uh, than using plastic bags. And so I think, you know, that's also where in regards to sustainability, I think on the face value, some things can seem really sustainable and really, really good when you look a little bit under the surface. Yeah,
1: people think in little uh, categories, right? So now plastic's being framed as bad, and so Mm. you don't want to have plastic. So you're like, no, plastic, let's use, I don't know, what kind of stainless steel straws. But the production of those might not necessarily be more sustainable in the long run, right? Mm. So uh, I think there is... Yeah, the, the approach needs to be a bit different. But obviously, it's it's easy to complain. I don't have a solution for it, so it's always nice to see other people trying to come up with these solutions. Hmm. But the I guess what it boils down to is people just need to be willing to change their habits and behaviors, and that is the painful part.
0: That's the big one. And so we're <laughs> going
1: to try create straws out of all different kinds of materials instead of thinking of do we really need straws? Can we maybe. I don't know shape the cups in a different way so that the lipstick yeah. will stay on the girl's face because that's so important
0: I was actually given a straw today and I realized like there's absolutely no need for this whatsoever
1: yeah I love those drinks where you get two straws and that little plastic mixer thing that you, you're supposed to like <laughs> smash your lemon on the bottom of your glass which, and, which um,
0: nobody does and they just chew it
1: <laughs> and um yeah and like how much I didn't order a cocktail with the taste of plastic. There's more plastic stuff inside my cocktail than than alcohol, so... (laughs) Yeah. Mm. But anyways, I can go on about this for a long time, so... It's just... My challenge right now is sustainability.
0: It's a big challenge to take on, uh, but Mm. I think the events industry is kind of the right place to kind of take this on because more people have more time to be exposed to these things. Like, at the supermarket, everyone's in a rush, especially here in the Albertine when you're at an event you're you know you're engaged so.
1: not only that you're also your mindset is a bit more open-minded when you go mm. to a over time for that matter uh you don't really want to think about hey should i change my behavioral habit you're thinking of i'm hungry I own food that's not the right time to try to <laughs> introduce <laughs> people to new behaviors i think they're going to bite your head off um Very but at cute. an event people are curious and if you manage to make them curious they're more um, more in this exploratory mode when they're like hey tell me how or show me how you're doing this and Mm. tell me your experience and uh, it's also a non-intrusive way of introducing some new stuff to people where you're not necessarily knocking on their door and it doesn't feel like you're forcing them to do that but you can inspire them to to change something so yeah events at best
0: talking about inspiration that's where I'd like to ask you the question where do you want to be in 20 years?
1: Ooh, hard one. Um, I think partially I, I've i always wanted to take um, a really deep dive course into how to use Excel properly and I think looking at my current, <laughs> current uh, interest in this matter in about 20 years from now, <laughs> I should be quite, like, a professional in using Excel. So that's, that's my This is time. every
0: nerd's dream.
1: <laughs> and I would love to have a garden. That is, a, like, a silent sufferer. I'm suffering in, in the Netherlands in the past couple of years because I don't have a garden.
0: Mm. And
1: I have a tendency to turn any balcony or any surface that has a little bit of sun into a jungle. And I'm... Uh, and I'm now currently uh, busy with our little back garden here in Amsterdam. I'm actually taking trees away to create some sense so I can grow something in there. So, 20 years from now, definitely a pro-grower that can grow anything.
0: Pro-grow. Pro-grow. Sounds like it's condom advertisement. What? Pro-grow.
1: <laughs> wow, interesting association <laughs> with my gardening <laughs> gardening plants. So, definitely growing a lot of plants and
0: um and workwise.
1: Workwise. I think the events industry as it is is really um changing rapidly and we're looking at uh, for example growing interest in smaller and smaller events. So, people are actually paying a lot of money to get into events that are very small rather than pay a lot of money to get to huge events. Uh, I would be really curious to see where where the events industry will be in 20 years, but I'm hoping that it's going to be fully tech-infused and we're going mm-hmm. to be using all of the technology that's out there to make the events a great Immersive experience. Immersive is not a word from the future. It is already happening right now, but the limitations of the technology and the access to the technology is still quite limited because of the costs. So the moment these augmented reality headsets and and all of the other stuff that's out there right now and quantum computing, which is Mm. probably going to be already accessible by then... uh, will be really interesting to see how we can combine it with, with events and do some real life data analysis and immediate implementation back into the event. Yeah. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. I think that's a very powerful, um, platform that's going to be used in the future. And especially, you know, right now people have a disconnect between what's happening in virtual worlds and what's happening in the real worlds. And as these worlds come closer and closer together, that's where the main focus points, you know, in either the real or, or or the virtual world, is still going to be the events that are happening, the experiences that people share together. And I think that's something that's often overlooked. Um, you know, if you look at computer games, there actually are events that happen between you know two sets of people yeah. most of the time. Yeah, um, yeah, it's that, how is, you make this. that is.
1: That yeah. is definitely, and that's why I feel like the augmented reality is definitely a bit more. Uh, a bit more interesting right now because the virtual mm. reality really puts you in a whole another
0: world. Yeah. yeah,
1: you're in the individual space, whereas in the augmented reality you're ab- able to share an experience with other people mm. and still see them also.
0: Well, if you haven't watched Ready Player again, Ready Player One mm. yet, then you definitely should.
1: Mm. Then you need to download that for me.
0: Have you not seen it? No. I thought you had seen it. I thought
1: no. We had, huh? No. Okay, we're definitely going to watch it. <laughs> not now. And then I definitely want to have an event inside an helicopter or and in a submarine and oh. uh, ideally on the moon. So with the rising uh popularity of uh, exiting the planet Earth because we fucked it up completely, I think I should start looking at some uh
0: Right, you heard it first too. First event on the moon, it's happening.
1: Exactly. It's
0: being planned.
1: It's going to be produced by Simwin events.: <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> no, the crazier, the better. So,
0: amen to that. But, That's if we're ever allowed to go to space.
1: Roll reverse. Where do you want to be in 20 years from now? In space. <laughs> oh, great, you can come to my event. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm down for that.
0: I'm <laughs> um, attending number one. But um, yeah, in 20 years, I think I would have liked to have gone through it, you know, really built this company, uh, the what is Block Data, and, you know, really tracked the ecosystem.
1: And in then, 20 years from now, yeah, you're maybe. selling Block Data, like now, so we can go on holidays. No, you're not you already have working to for Block Data in 20 route. years from now.
0: Well, if it goes really well,
1: 20 years from and now. Hey, we have
0: some big ambitions, y'all.
1: You're going to be like 44.
0: Oh, my God. That makes me feel old.
1: Do not do the math on me. <laughs> do not do the math. On.
0: Well, and in general, you know, obviously, I'm very on board with the whole garden idea.
1: Because I
0: actually also do like gardens. You know, I've wanted an Alsatian for a very long time, German Shepherd. Mm-hmm. So we'll finally get to have that. Um, that's going but to be really hard
1: to get them in 20 years from now. Because humanity Uh, fucked up with their breeding.
0: Yeah, i have been to that. But I think mainly for me, I really want to help with building the whole space economy. I think there's so much that can be done there. And with the intersection between AI, blockchain, and the Internet of Things, and just connected devices in general, there's a whole new playing field of data that's actually going to open up. And uh, it's just about being aware of the applications of this and testing, Uh, you know, these answers are not going to come straight away. But as we start to iterate and build different solutions, um, it could be really interesting to see, you know, how we could make maximum buck for the minimum amount of effort.
1: No, Um, my (laughs) least favorite approach to life is no effort and effortless money.
0: Yeah.
1: I for think sure. what we could do, what you could do also, is to look at how we can uh, completely go away from this money obsession. Oh, and for
0: sure! Yeah, indeed, with yeah. help
1: of blockchain, yeah. to create some sort of transactional system of something like karma points, you know, but real life karma. So, oh. so I think that would help us humans just change the approach to life and not do things for money, but do. Things for, for, intrinsic value, yeah. for intrinsic value and,
0: and that's definitely one of the applications of blockchain, it's just that these, are, these applications don't exist right now, but that's kind of one of the reasons why I'm super passionate about doing the company and why I want to spend 20 years doing it, because we just effectively get to sit on the side and watch how this whole ecosystem and technology evolves and, and just, just be there and, and see what works and see what doesn't, and uh, who knows maybe we'll build our own blockchain in the future and we'll call mm-hmm. it the karma blockchain.
1: The karma blockchain. And in
0: the blockchain, you can team up with your karma buddy.
1: Oh, wow. That's a whole other discussion that we will um, that we'll discuss in our next podcast that will come next time we're both sick at home, stuck together for five days. Or sooner. <laughs> or sooner than that. Um, but yeah, I think uh, we've effectively uh, interviewed each other. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. And now you have a little sneak peek into what we're doing in our free time.
0: Of whatever this is in Amsterdam on a Tuesday on afternoon an outcast evening.
1: Outcast podcast. On the
0: Outcast podcast. Thanks a lot for listening.
1: Thank you, guys. Ciao. Bye. Bye.